It's been a minute, but uh, hopefully we're going to have episodes every week now to the end of MLS Cup playoffs, hopefully. Uh, and one of the reasons why we're going to have episodes every week, hopefully, is because we got a sponsor. And I am really excited to bring them aboard. Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Proud sponsor of DC United and now a sponsor of this podcast. Philadelphia Union, San Jose, or DC United, Los Angeles, California, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Orlando City SC, Montreal Impact, NYC FC, Seattle Sounders. Pitch Pass, your all access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Welcome to the show. As MLS kind of goes into hibernation over the next few weeks for Gold Cup, it feels like there's not a lot going on. Oh, but there is. U.S. Open Cup coming up on the horizon. Uh, We've also got the uh, transfer window opening back up right after they resume at the end of June. Gold Cup itself. So there's plenty of MLS and D.C. United action and things to talk about in the weeks to come. This week, though, we'll talk to the youngest member of D.C. United, homegrown signing Griffin Yao will join us. Actually, Griffin, are you here now? Yes, this is Griffin. Hi, Griffin. This is Roach from uh, DC 101 and the wildly successful Pitch Pass podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm very well, especially since you didn't even blink at my wildly successful Pitch Pass podcast comment. So I'm glad that you accept that it is wildly successful. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> this is good. This shows that you're ready for this. I am ready. I'm sorry I couldn't... Uh, Earlier, me and Sam didn't even realize there was a time difference. So wait, and I was going to just blame Sam. Like a good winger, you'll accept when you maybe don't fulfill your defensive obligations and track back. You also will now share the blame in the not knowing about the time difference thing? I I might share the blame a little bit, but I think I'm going to put it on Sam, I was going to say, there's no reason for you not to just put it all on Sam. He should know about time differences. (laughs) That's, That's kind of his job. Definitely. <laughs> well, uh, welcome officially to the podcast, Griffin. It's uh, it's very nice to have you. And I know, even more importantly than being the youngest player on DC United currently, you are now established as the youngest person ever to appear on this podcast, which is probably just as big of an honor as the youngest person on DC United currently. I would agree with that yeah, 100%. I, I, I think this podcast and DC United just go hand in hand. <laughs> Figured you would, and I thank you for just, again, not even blinking and agreeing with me. Uh, it's it's cool to have you on, and I know uh, we were talking about the uh, the time change kerfuffle. I hope I didn't call you while you were in some high-level meeting that then you would, everybody would be looking at your phone like, dude, really? You didn't have your phone off? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. I had my ringer off, luckily. <laughs> Uh, what were you doing? Because uh, w- where are you right now? Uh, you're somewhere in KC, I would imagine? Yes, I'm in KC. We are about to play Swole Park Rangers at 7.30. The, uh, Central time, Griffin, just to just remember because of the time change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want Sam to cause you to be late for the match as well. <laughs> Uh, and and before that, and because we were trying to coordinate for time today, and by the way, thank you very much for for having this conversation on game day. I, I very much appreciate that, and I appreciate oh, you taking of course, the time. Definitely. 
Uh, Definitely. But in the middle, uh, as we were coordinating, you were uh, you had to. I put out the first time, and Sam was like, "No, he's, they got to do the team walk." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, the team walk. It is match day. Uh, are are these <laughs> are these new experiences? Because you know we talk a lot about you being 16 and and being professional for the first time. When you were an amateur, did did we do team walks? When did team walks start? Um, usually. I think as soon as I joined DC United Academy, I think it kind of transfers over. Everything is the same. It's just at the professional level, everything is a lot more serious and just a lot more organized. So the team walks maybe are a little longer. We don't go where it's like, you know, heat of the day. But with the academy, it's just kind of we just go whenever, not really too organized. But we still do it. You still have to do it. So when you were playing regular travel, non, non-United Academy, mm-hmm. there was no such thing as a team walk, correct? Because my kid's no, 11. No, no. He's on a you travel wouldn't... team. They don't do a team walk. No, no, no. You don't do you don't do any of that. I don't even think you would do like a pre-match meeting. I think you kind of just, when it's that level, you stay in the hotel with your parents usually, <laughs> and then everyone just reports when it's game time. And then the coach goes, you're going to play here, and, and Braden, you're playing yeah. there. Caden, you're over yeah. there, and make sure everybody tracks back and, and, and plays defense. Have a great match, everybody. See yeah. you. <laughs> Hopefully you guys win, exactly. <laughs> How long was it before you did your first walkout? And the reason I asked that, speaking of my kid, uh, this weekend in Maryland at the Soccerplex, they were doing the state uh, finals for all the, the travel teams, and every match yeah. they did the, uh, the the teams walk out together and then stand at the midfield. And I was like, that must be pretty cool really? if you're doing that for the first time. When did you guys start doing that? Yeah, that's that's pretty surprising. I didn't really do that until – I was on VDA, which is a an academy team, but it's more of just kind of like a – it's not not a um, MLS academy team, uh-huh. so it's just based out of Virginia. And it's not as well-known, but we did that in the DA Showcase on one of the games that was live-streamed. I think that was my very first time. Yeah, that, that makes it feel like a big match, though. It makes it feel like a big deal. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. The, it's a lot more pressure for you, too, though, because you, you walk out, the music's playing, you see everyone, you're just – you have no idea what's going on. You know what I think it's related to, and you wouldn't know this, but it's like um, it's like when you're in kindergarten and they they have the kindergarten graduation, and you make a cap and gown. You got to wear the cap and gown, but it's still it's kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, b- fill me in though, because uh, recently you, as part of Loudon United, did you scrimmage against the full national team? I don't believe it was the full national team. I think it was the guys that were like the European guys and then also some of the other guys that were called in that aren't playing professional at the moment or whose clubs released them because I know none of the MLS guys got released. Like Paul wasn't playing in that. Um, Bradley, uh, just all the MLS guys weren't released from their clubs yet, so it was everyone except for them. But the but the full the the uh, the of age the fully mature I guess uh, internet the U.S. men's national team. It wasn't like a U23 team. It was it was the guys who were playing for the full team. Yeah, definitely. It was all the it was all the full guys. You know, Matt Miaz goes out there. All of them. And uh, listen, I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to go by hearsay, which is why I'm asking you specifically. Heard you balled out. Mm, I mean, I, I don't like to be cocky, but I thought, I thought it was <laughs> you're a like good Roach, balled out is a strong well. term and one that we as 16 year olds don't even really use anymore. So I can't say I balled out. 
<laughs> I mean, I th- I was I was really happy with my performance, and I know that Ryan was too, the new head coach, and mm-hmm. I spoke to Greg about it too, and I think it was it was a very positive experience. Well, uh, hang on, uh, you, you kind of glossed over the fact that you talked to the coach of the men's national team like it was NBD. <laughs> uh, you spoke to Greg about it. What did what did uh, what can you tell us about the conversation you had with Greg, as I also call him as well? I call him Greg. <laughs> Well, I had met him um, already at Florida for CONCACAF qualifiers because he made a trip down and was able to, you know, meet the team and talk to all of us. So it was good to see him just, uh, you know, a couple weeks later. And we were just basically catching up. He was just asking me, you know, how everything is. And, yeah, just telling me that he thought I did well. And I thought it was, like I said, a really positive experience. And I want to I want to ask you a couple more questions about uh, the match itself or the scrimmage itself. Um, but it's got to be really cool to know that the that you're on the the full national team coach's radar and that he's kind of even if he's even if he's just checking in with you once in a while that he is checking in on you. Yeah, definitely. That's that's that kind of makes the world for me just to know that. He's still, you know, checking in, making sure that I'm good, making making sure that we still have that communication line open. That's a that's a super good feeling. At what point did you do? Maybe it never did, but for for schlubs like me, I would walk away from the first interaction going, "That guy knows who I am." Did you, did that ever happen for you? And when did you get over that feeling? I think. It was probably after CONCACAF qualifiers. I think the first time I was I was pretty shocked to see him and shake his hand, but then I think just seeing him more and more throughout the tournament, I kind of got comfortable and just like, you know, it's just another coach. You can't really overhype it too much or else, you know, you'll start to play bad and get too nervous. So I just like to, you know, level everyone out in the same and just so I can play to the best of my ability, no matter who it is. Well, it's a great question, and it leads us back into that scrimmage. Uh, how long did you play for? Uh, were you in your most comfortable position? How did it go for you? What did it feel like to, to kind of suit up against a, a national team? Yeah, it was – well, first off, it was very, very tiring because I played full 90, and I haven't – last time I played full 90 against you know that type of – competition was it's been quite a while mm-hmm. so it was it was very tiring to say the least but I was I was in my most comfortable position which was left wing and you know it was just I felt I felt very very comfortable on the field because Loudon is a team that I have you know a pretty good amount of confidence with after scoring my first goal and getting another guys so you know, I was just—I felt pretty good. Is it important? And I know the answer is going to be yes, but I, hopefully you'll you'll give me a little more than than just a yes. But is it important to to be able to do that kind, have that kind of experience against and with people that you play with consistently, rather than? Uh, and I know you train mostly with the with United's first team, but if you are a part of a U17 setup where you you know these guys, but you don't play every day with these guys, and now you're scrimmaging against uh, and the full national team is that a little more difficult than than the experience that you had playing with guys that you interact with on a daily basis basically oh definitely and it's not just the on the field relationships being able to develop those relationships off the field and get to know all the guys you start to work for each other on the field and 
I think having those relationships is huge. You know, like we talked about earlier with the whole club level thing, just hopping right into a game, you know, not even staying with the guys, just showing up to the field, like maybe 30 minutes to an hour before kickoff is, you know, it'll work at, you know, the club level or the lower levels, but you really need to develop that relationship and have that relationship to play at the highest level. It's summertime at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and they're bringing back your fan favorite, the Watermelon Mojito Smoothie. Try it with their barbecue chicken flatbread. It's the perfect summer pairing. Eat better, feel better. Tropical Smoothie Cafe, proud sponsor of D.C. United. A lot of our conversation from here on out is going to be about off-the-pitch stuff. I think people, uh, if you're a United fan, know you, are excited about what you bring uh, to the pitch. But I'm just really curious as to how you're getting along and and how you're doing uh, off the field. So we start with that portion of the conversation of when did you know? When did you know that I can probably, if I continue on the course that I'm on and stay as dedicated as I am, that this is something that I can do and that I belong on the field with these players that I want to play with and against? Um, I probably think I realized that maybe it was probably midway through preseason in Florida because I had been training with them for quite a while and I had, you know, been in and out of the the regular trainings with them, but the the Florida experience when you when you're staying overnight in the hotel and you see everyone and you show up to the field and it's like you're basically with, like on the team when you're in that experience mm-hmm. and you get to see how everyone is. I think that's when I really realized. I think it was maybe a scrimmage that we had in, in training, like mid mid trip, that I was like, wow, like. I, I, I can definitely play at this level. I just need to, you know, keep my head down, keep working, and I can. I, I know for a fact I can play at this level. So I was just determined to keep getting better, basically. It's interesting that you would say that, and because my first thought when you said preseason training, I was like, wow, that's pretty late in the game. However, you are 16 years old, so it's it, early in the game. I mean, we're talking maybe 11 or 12, which at that point you probably didn't know, because it is one thing to be really good in the league that you are in, no matter where you are in the country, but the, it is a different yeah. experience when you first say, I think I'm good enough, to then actually mingle and, and interact and play against professionals uh, on the consistency that you got to do in preseason exactly exactly just you know like you said it's one thing to be able to perform for your club and you know maybe have one or two good training sessions with the first team but it's a completely different thing to you know be with them for two weeks straight and play in some friendlies playing some scrimmages and then be able to hang at that level because once you can be consistent and that's that's when you really realize and to that point, uh, especially about off-field stuff, it's a different experience. And I know, you know, the kids today, uh, even back 10 years ago, but even moving forward, the travel isn't the big deal because I'm sure you've probably been traveling for five years or so uh, with for soccer tournaments and, and such. But this experience where there's no chaperone, the coach isn't looking over your shoulder every time, and I'm sure that's exactly what was going on even with academy road trips. That experience was probably an eye-opener for off-the-field stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. You know, and preparing mentally and physically for a game or a training session at a high level is 
it's it's it makes the difference sometimes. And like you said, not having a coach look over your shoulder the whole time. And even on the academy trips, sometimes they would they would do check-ins. They would ha- make sure you're eating the right stuff. But on those types of trips, you're you're basically on your own. So sometimes you have to kind of take a little bit of you know, experience from the other guys, look at what they're doing and make sure, you know, am I up to speed with them? Am I doing what they're doing? Am I preparing mentally? Am I preparing physically, getting enough sleep? All of that plays a big factor. And that was, I was just trying to, you know, look at what the pros were doing and basically mimic them. You know, the and you, you didn't, you brought up a really good point about uh, life on the road in the academy. Who, who do you kind of, and I'm not saying you, but I'm saying who does the academy kid look to? You, know, you didn't matriculate all the way through the academy, but uh, when you were playing on the, the, the U15 level and you were on your first road trip and coaches were checking in on you, if you're thinking to yourself that I want to do this as my career and I want to make a profession out of this, who do you look towards on those road trips to see how they're acting and, and how you should be kind of carrying yourself on these road trips? Well, I would say... I I look towards Paul Paul Ariola a mm-hmm. lot because you know he he kind of he took me under his wing a little bit and showed me the ropes when I didn't have much confidence and like showed me how things work so I would I would usually try and look at what he's doing and try and mimic that a little bit because I think you know he's he's been just in the exact same path that I'm going down, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he went, he already went to a, a European club or a, a club in Mexico. But I think being young on the national team and, you know, getting a lot of exposure and getting at the professional level, skipping college, being able to look at someone who's in that exact position or was in that position is, is the world because you can, you can start to relate yourself to them. Your uh, high school age, um, and I'm just thinking in my head as I was preparing for this conversation, I think one of the big things that I would be concerned about if I was a high school age and the next closest guy is probably Chris at, at 19, uh, but most of the guys yeah. are mid-20s and older, the first thing I would think about as far as off-field, non-training stuff is, are these guys going to want to talk to me? Are, are we going to be able to have conversations where I'm going to feel like I'm adding to these conversations that are not about soccer? Was that a concern for you at all as you started to incorporate yourself into the professional setup? You know, it, it was a concern for me a little bit uh, during preseason because that was, you know, like I said, my first time really being around the guys for a long period of time, not just being in a training session and being able to sit down and talk with them. That was a concern because, like you said, I thought, I was not really going to be able to add to any of the conversations, mm-hmm. but you know the guys bring a lot of uh, a lot of chemistry to the table, and they they always try to incorporate. You know, even the even the big time guys like like Wayne, like Lucho, like Paul, like I said, they all they're very humble about themselves, and they they don't put they don't put each other above anyone else. So I think that's a huge part, and that shows a lot about those guys and the team chemistry. So there was a uh, there was a video that. DC United just dropped uh, last week uh, that was focused on uh, Quincy's journey through the TFC pregame and match. Yeah. You, you you play a very very huge role in that, so congratulations for your appearance in that that award winning film, Griffin. Um, Thank you. But it shows that you are you you know there are a couple scenes where you're you know they're having breakfast and you're at the table sitting down eating breakfast. Um, you seem so natural on screen as well, Griffin. I I don't. 
I don't know if you had a script there, but you just felt very comfortable in yeah, there. Yeah, just just a lot of a lot of studying the night before the script. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I don't know if Quincy went over all of the plugs that you needed to get in because you just kind of sat there and yeah, nodded perfect, along when he was giving talker. the plugs to Jalen. So uh, I, you you did a great job in that video, is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Thank you. But it also goes back to that question of, okay, Quincy's in his 30s. Jalen is a homegrown guy, but is also now in his early to mid-20s. And then uh, it's you. So, you know, it's it's all these kind of cultures and different kind of walks of life coming together, sitting at the table. I, I assume you bonded over soccer, but you found out not early on, but by hanging out with all of these guys that we have other things in common as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, and soccer kind of revolves around the entire thing because you can start to talk about off the field stuff that, you know, relates to soccer a little bit. And especially with uh, guys like Jalen, who, like you said, was a homegrown, you can relate to him a lot. And even, even Quincy, who you would think, you know, there's no way that a guy like Griffin, 16 years old could relate to Quincy. But, you know, it's really, I talk to him quite a, quite a good amount because, you know, he's just a really like reasonable guy, just, super nice likes to likes to share his opinions and that's that's the entire team like i said they're they're really humble and they they just take me in and make me feel like i'm at home basically the guy on the team who has the most similar experiences to you is probably chris which is good because he's probably i think he's the next in line as far as uh youngest on the team has he been a benefit yeah. or is is he kind of been I would assume, and this isn't a slight towards him, he's got to focus on his own stuff because he's also starting off on this journey as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, he's gonna he's gonna focus on his own, and that's that's his main focus at the at the at the point right now. But he's 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 been a super nice guy, you know, showing me because he's been here for you know what is it two years before I came, mm-hmm. and so. He he does know a few things that I I just do not know yet, and that he can he can tell me and he's been a super nice guy, you know, sharing all of his experience so far, and you know, telling me to keep my head down if stuff's not going like I want, just just keep rolling, and that that has helped a ton. Does your love of soccer, and no judgment either way, but does your love of soccer extend to kind of voraciously watching matches uh, outside of United matches? And I'm asking this question because Chris right now is currently uh, in the U20 World Cup, and, and they are doing well with the win uh, over France. Is that something that you're following along and maybe looking into the future, or are you just following along as a fan, or, or how is that working? Definitely. I'm 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 obviously following along as a fan right now, but I'm I'm looking into the future as well at the same time because that's exactly where I wanna be when I'm, you know, his age or when I'm at the at the point where I can be involved in that. So and and like you said, being being now a professional has really opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff. I've I've started to watch a lot more MLS matches I'd say and be a lot more interested because, you know, when I was a little bit younger and, you know, just in the academy, I would kind of just watch the big games, you yep. know, La Liga, Champions League. And now it's really my, my my focus has been more on MLS because I look at them as competition now. Yep. And I'm always liking to see, you know, who's doing what, who's the best player on what team. So I think it's played a huge role. What has been uh, your hardest off-the-field adjustment? You know, we... 
looking as an outsider looking in, I think of to myself, okay, how do I stay grounded when I'm hanging out with my, my neighborhood friends? Uh, how do I relate to my neighborhood friends who are off in high school and I'm, I'm taking courses online? Uh, but for in your opinion, as you've been dealing with this now for the last few months, what's been the hardest off the field and away from the team adjustment for you? Well, I think school has probably been the hardest um, off the field. But going back on the topic you said, you know, trying to relate to my neighborhood friends and not seem, you know, like a little too cocky about anything. I think I just try I try to relate to them as much as I can and not, you know, put myself at a higher level or like think of myself as anything superior because, you know, they they were always there for me when I was just – in high school and playing in the academy. So I just, I feel like I need to stay grounded and act the exact same towards them. You know, uh, you didn't, uh, you're not making LeBron money yet, but (laughs) you are making more than your buddy who works at the, uh, the Adidas factory outlet store. When you got that first (laughs) professional soccer player check, what, what did you, uh, what was the thing that you were like, it's my money. I'm going to buy this. I think the first thing I did when I got the check was I went out and got my family all Adidas gear because nice. because you know they've they've done so much for me and I I yeah, Adidas gear is like that's the least I could do for them all the support they give me uh, you know drive me to everything all the way to RFK right after school and just all of that you know I I could not I could not thank them enough so Adidas gear was the least I could do. Yeah, and, and that's that's really uh, I like that gift, and it's a it's a good one. And now everything from from here on out goes into your pocket, which is nice. How is the family adjusting to their new reality of our sixteen year old is is not here all the time? Yeah, I think it's it is definitely a little bit different for them, but I think the main the main adjustments they had to make was when I joined an academy team because that was just an insane amount of travel to compare to, you know, club. And I was, they weren't allowed to, you know, come with me on the road trips and stay in my room with me. And it was, I think that was the biggest difference. So jumping from, jumping from academy to professional, you know, there is a lot more road trips and there's a lot more time when I'm not away, but I think they were a little bit more used to it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Now I I asked Donovan Pines when we had him on the show. Uh, I also asked Jalen Robinson when we had him on the show last season. And I'll ask you as well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have an 11 year old. Uh, I would assume a lot of uh, guys and and, and women who listen to this podcast have kids who are coming up and through the youth and travel teams and stuff. What would be a piece of advice you would give to uh, an 8 to 12 year old who is looking at Griffin Yao and was like, he's just a few years older than me and look what he's done. Um, What advice would you give to them as far as certain skill to work on, a certain mindset to have uh, for the the people right behind you in age? Well, I think it's it's more about more about the mindset at that age because you know skill you can develop skill you can you know gain and earn but it's it's all about the mindset and keeping your right focus because what what I would give them is just you know don't don't feel too down about yourself when you see you know your friends are going to a party your friends are going to have fun your friends are going to hang out and maybe you have to go train you have to get mm-hmm. better you have to go to training you have to you know go to a tournament don't don't feel don't feel sad don't don't be like oh i wish i wish i wasn't even playing soccer i just want to hang out with my friends because 
you're the one that's going to make it and not your friends. You're the one who's going to be, you know, playing professional. And then they're going to be like, oh, how did he do that? And it's, it's going to be because you didn't go with them. You didn't go, you know, eat McDonald's. You didn't go mm-hmm. eat junk food. Instead, you had a salad or you had, you had chicken, you had pasta, and you went and trained. And that's just that's the main difference. That's great advice. Uh, two quick things before I let you go. Uh, first, talk to me about Moses. I always ask anybody who is close to the academy about Moses, and because he's the guy that that everybody kind of has circled as the next big thing after you and and Brian are through. The, he's the next one. How is he doing? Recovering from injury? What is your relationship like with him? Moses, yeah, Moses. I I'm actually rooming with him. He's he's out of the room right now, but he's he's, he's on the road a, trip. He's doing a yeah. He's here. Nice. <laughs> but he's yeah. He's doing he's doing incredible. His his recovery is going super well, and he's a guy that you know just has the strongest mindset ever because he was back when he was 14. He was getting all the recognition, all yep. this big time stuff. He was he was the guy to watch, and then. Obviously, the injury it was it was really disappointing, but you know it, it it did not set him back at all because he's he's right back to where he was. He's right back up to speed, and he's just he's he's an incredible player. So I think he's going to be one to look out for. Um, you, I also wanted to talk to you about Ryan because Ryan Martin now is the new coach of Loudon United. Uh, he was the the director of the academy. Everybody that I've spoken to about him sings his praises, what he's done for the D.C. United Academy. Uh, what were your initial thoughts, and I'm assuming they're a positive, that he was now, is now appointed head coach of Loudoun United? Oh, definitely. It's, it's, it's very, very positive because I think, I think Ryan – Richie Richie was a great, great coach, but I think Ryan has a special ability to – you know, make a make a connection to the players and have a relationship with the players. And you know, when you have a relationship, you start to trust him, and he starts to trust you. And you can start to play out of your comfort zone and you know do things that you didn't even know you could do. And I think that was huge for me, not only here but in the academy, because I started to. That's when I really started to blossom and play the way that I know I can play because he pushed me to my limits. Um, it's funny, as you were giving that answer, I, th- I thought to myself, you know what, I asked you who you could look up to in the academy to kind of show you how to be a professional uh, when there was no professionals around. You're actually kind of doing that right now with Moses, I would assume. Definitely, definitely. Which is very exciting and kind of cool for you as a 16-year-old to be able to already start paying it back that you were given as you were coming up. Yeah, I mean, you know... You don't want to you don't want to put yourself too much of he- ahead of him because he is you know an, an amazing player. But you just want to you want to give him advice and give him you know keep him on the right track because you know I know and I know a lot of other people know that he can definitely play at that level and that he can be a professional. So just just giving him little pointers and giving him advice and keeping him on the right track is just I think that'll do great for him. Well, Griffin, it's been great having you on. I um. I was a little nervous to have you on, not because you're 16 and I'm thinking to myself, what are we going to discuss? More so uh, selfishly, because when you're growing up, you go, oh, I can be a professional soccer player like that person who was older than you. Then you can go, I can be a professional soccer player like that person who's your age. Then you go, I can still be a professional soccer player, even though I'm older than that person, because they're like a younger brother to me. But now... 
at this point, having Griffin Yao on says to me, I can no longer be a professional soccer player because you could literally be my son. And I think that's too big of an age gap for me to make up at my age to become a professional soccer player. You know, I think I think you just need to keep your head down and keep working. I think I think you'll make it. <laughs> you know, you you gave the advice to the eleven year olds, but it also works for guys in their forties as well. Because now my mentality is so much better after that talk. I think I can still do it. <laughs> I, I I believe in you. You know, just just start eating healthy, start eating the right stuff, and get out there. Griffin Yao, thank you very much. Good luck tonight and the rest of the season, and we hope for uh, for a lot of first-team appearances uh, in the future from you. Thank you, sir. Let's hope. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. For more show information, go to pitchpass.com.